0: but it's great to be here and uh, great to be able to play a small part in the wonderful things that uh, are happening in this city and, and around this town. Let me just tell you a brief bit about myself, not because I think you're interested in any way, but just just because it makes it slightly easier to listen to the person that you're about to hear preach in a moment. Uh, so my name's Dave Newton. I've been with Elim for many, many years, but started working um, at head office um, with the, the Elim team about three years ago. Is there of training. I was given the privilege of taking on the role of principal of the Bible College, and really my passion is to see... um can fuel poured on people's fires. If God's put a passion in someone's heart, we want to see that passion come to life and, and come to fruitfulness and, and lived out on, on large scale. And, and, and my heart is not to do great things myself, but to pour fuel on others' fires, to see them do great things for the kingdom of God. Uh, and that's the great part that I can play in his kingdom. And we have this phrase, might appear on the screen behind me, and we talk about anointed and equipped leaders. Um, We have about 550 churches around the country, um, thousands of churches around the world, and if there's ever a time we need leaders who are Holy Spirit anointed, now is the time. Yeah, there's no point in having all the knowledge and all the intellect and, and all the skills unless the Spirit of God has touched leaders and sent them and called them and released them to go. We need you to pray. We need to be praying for Holy Spirit anointed leaders. But I also believe that leaders can learn lessons from those who've gone before. You know, we don't need to make the mistakes of those who've gone before us. We can, we can upskill and we can learn and we can move on and we can develop. And my prayer is that as Elim seeks to um, move forward into a new century uh, of kind of mission and ministry, that we can find anointed and equipped leaders to serve God wherever God calls them. Uh, I've been married for uh, 22 years to a wonderful woman called Liz. We've got three kids. My eldest son, Joshua, is 21. Uh, Hannah is 19. Um, she's actually serving with Elon Missions over in Cambodia. She's been out there for nine months and she's coming back in a, a month's time. And uh, my youngest son is just about to turn 13 next week. So it's great to kind of be with you and, and, and share with you. Um, one of the privileges I get is overseeing the Theological College. And then, if you've ever been to Malvin. it's not too far. Maybe a picture will appear on the screen behind you. If you've never been, it's worth coming to visit. It's a beautiful place, it's a wonderful place. I, I didn't pick the place, I just get to work there. But uh, we have a Theological Training Centre there. And I want to encourage you to say that this year, in September, we took in more students than we have in our history. Over 104 new students started in September. So in at all levels. <clears throat> Uh, and the best news is it's not about their studies, it's what they're going to do after they've studied in terms of the mission and the ministry that God has called them to. But we've got a whole host of different ways that we train people. We, we're training for church leadership, we're, we're training for youth ministry, we're even training, get this, for performing arts and theology. Because we believe the good news of Jesus is so amazing, we want to find creative ways to tell the story in this generation, whether it be on YouTube or on on the stage. We want to find ways to tell the good news of Jesus wherever we go. And if you're interested in finding out more, I'd love to tell you more about it. Um, degree-based training and higher degrees, but also entry-level qualifications that will help you grow in your faith and become uh, anointed and equipped in what God has called you to. Before I kind of turn to God's Word, maybe you want to be opening up Colossians chapter three. We're going to look at that passage together, um, and uh, I'm going to introduce this morning and say we're going to do it in three parts. Not in three points, in three parts. Okay, and um, for those of you who are avid film watchers, um, there are some people who watch a film, and then they like the film so much that they want the extended play version. You know, the director's cut with the extra bits in. Then there are some people who just want to watch the film, and there are some people who just want to watch the trailer, and that's enough. Yeah? Well, we're going to do all three In this morning's service, but we're going to keep it much less than a feature film length, okay? So in the next 30 minutes, we're going to attempt to look at this passage of Scripture. We're going to get some of the the kind of extended play. What What was Paul saying to the people he was writing the letter to when he wrote the letter? What is the key message for us today in Derby City Church. And then for those who fell asleep during the sermon, the trailer just to remind you what it was all about. Okay, that's the aim of this morning. So let's look together. Colossians chapter 3, we're going to look at verse 12 through to verse 17. It says this, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and peace, uh, patience. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you have been called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks through him to God the Father. What a fantastic passage of scripture. Wonderful passage of Scripture. So here's the kind of extended play, but I promise I'm going to go really, really quickly. Because Paul is trying to set this passage in a context. And he's trying to say, now some people in Colossae who've chosen to be disciples of Jesus, they're trying to be kingdom citizens. They're trying to live life differently. Paul is saying to them, now you've made that choice in your life, you actually need to live your life differently. Don't just say it, it's time to put it into practice. So Paul starts kind of with this brilliant picture and it's perfect for this morning because the sunshine came out yesterday, didn't it? We we kind of get that sense. The summer is on its way, you know. And when the sun comes out for the first time, normally around April, we decide it's time in our house to do a bit of spring cleaning because there's stuff in our garages that need to come out of the garage into the garden. There's stuff maybe that, that are in the wardrobes that need to go upstairs into the loft. We need to do some spring cleaning. And Paul was kind of saying, it was time for the car boot sale. It's time for the jumble sale. It's time to raid the wardrobes. Because there are things that used to feature in your life before you became a Christian that need to have no place in your life anymore. You can go home and read the first few verses from 1 to 11. But Paul says this, put off sexual immorality put off anger greed put off lies put off all of those things that used to be part of your life he goes on to say get rid then he gets really serious he says put to death those things have got no place in your life anymore then he carries on by saying this put on clothe yourselves with. And, and the passage we've just read there is like a brilliant wardrobe that Paul presents to the church in Colossae and says, you've got some new clothes to wear now that you are kingdom followers of Jesus. Are you going to go back to the old wardrobe or are you going to start wearing the clothes in the new wardrobe Are you going to enter into the spring, the season that you are now living in as a follower of Christ? And Paul gives us this kind of invitation. Start living life differently. The wardrobe is full of what gentleness, peace, patience, love, kindness, thankfulness. Beautiful, beautiful kingdom wardrobe that we get to wear. And we're presented with this choice. Then he goes on in verse 17. And this is going to be our focus. So for those who are really listening, we're getting into the feature film, okay? This is the main diet of today's service. Verse 17, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ and always be thankful. Three words we're going to focus on. Whatever you do or say. You see, because as Christians, I... Probably, maybe I'm the only one, but maybe you're guilty of it too. You've all stood there in church, or maybe sat there at the end of a meeting and said, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. You know, we've sang it in a service, and the higher we reach our hands, the more holy we feel. You you know, God, whatever, I'll just do whatever for you. I've got a bit of a problem. You see, because I think it's okay to do whatever for God, when it's the whatever I want to do. But when I don't want to do that whatever, how do I do whatever? Yeah? See, it's okay to do the whatever for God. Yes, God, I'll serve you if I want to do that thing. But actually, when I don't really want to do that thing, like forgive the person that's hurt me or be generous to the person I don't like very much or go the extra mile in a difficult situation, when I don't want to do that, it's a little bit harder to do whatever whatever. Paul was writing to this letter, he'd already been shipwrecked. He was in prison. He was chained at the time he was writing it. He'd been flogged. He'd been falsely accused. Paul had been through the mill, and yet he was writing the words, whatever you do or say, whatever situation you find yourself in. I am... was kindly invited to do this role just over three years ago. But, but prior to working for Elim, I spent most of my life working for a charity called Youth for Christ. A brilliant charity. Our, our kind of role was to take the good news of Jesus to every young person in the nation. And, and I've been doing this job for about 17 years. 17 long years. I, I loved it, but it was 17 years. It was most of my working life. And, and I was about to take on this role. And I thought, I want to finish really well for YFC Before I start working for Elam. And I I sat down and I talked to my wife, and we came up with a plan. It was quite a cool plan. We decided on the last day of my work with YFC, rather than me getting paid, I was going to pay them. Yeah? So the equivalent of the paycheck I would receive, I was going to attempt to give the equivalent back. And I did really well. I, kinda, I started raising money. I was training for a marathon and, and I had got pledged over £5,000. That's far more than I ever got paid or ever will get paid. But that, that, that was kind of what I'd done. I pledged over £5,000 for me to run a marathon because it was such a ridiculous idea. I started training. I'd run over 400 miles training to do 26 miles in the Chester Marathon. And I was set. I was pumped. I was ready to go. I don't do things by halves. So if I get a chance to do something, I'm going to do it well. Three days before the marathon, I left the handbrake off my car. My son was sat in the passenger seat and I was getting some cash out of the cash point, And the car just rolled down the hill and didn't quite take my legs out because there were some concrete ballards behind my legs, but it crashed into the concrete ballards. And I turned around and I'd been training for a marathon. I thought I was the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. I thought I could stick my foot on the bumper of the car and stop a two ton car from rolling into concrete ballards. Unfortunately, my foot had a different opinion and it just went crunch. 400 miles training for a race. I spent the last three months working for Youth for Christ sat on my sofa and I didn't raise a penny because no one gave me any money for it. It was a terrible way to finish 17 years of work for an organisation. I'm telling you a story. In one sense, doesn't have massive consequences to me. I'm, I'm back up on my feet. I'm, I, I'm back kind of doing things the way I used to do them. But I know for you, there will be some whatevers that you're facing in your life maybe even this morning, maybe even right now, that you think, they're not the whatever's I would have picked. That's not the circumstances that that I signed up for this Christian life for. I didn't expect that person to speak like that to me. I didn't expect to find myself in that financial situation. I thought that work would be easy when I became a Christian. I thought we'd all just get on with each other in church. I thought it would be a brilliant place I didn't realise I'd have to deal with that health issue. I didn't realise, and the story goes on, yeah? You see, it's okay to do whatever when it's the whatever we want. But how do we do whatever when we're faced with difficult circumstances and challenging situations? Well, this is what Paul says to the church in Colossae. He says, make allowances for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. He says, remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. He's basically saying, if it existed at the time, don't walk around with a whatever on your face. Be someone who says, God, I'll do whatever it takes. I'm not going to retreat to wear the old clothes of envy and bitterness and greed and hatred and malice and all that stuff. I don't want to wear those things anymore because I've been given a new kingdom wardrobe to wear. And I want to be a representative of the king of kings. And I'm going to choose to wear different clothes in these circumstances I find myself in. I was slightly... um, misunderstood or I, I misunderstood when I started this role as kind of principal of a college sounds quite a grand term doesn't it doesn't I don't feel like the, the term fits me as a person but anyway that's just me I, I, and I kind of thought that it was just going to be theological training people getting bigger heads for Jesus you know people just getting more brains and and I was absolutely surprised when I bumped into a number of students but this particular one she was a young woman and um Firstly, before I tell you her story, we, ha- we had a family in college, uh, husband and wife, studying together. They had three children, and the only way that they could get through college was working at the same time. He worked in our kind of dining room. He did all of the hours in the dining room, all of the hours in his study, worked really hard. But he got quite ill, a bad back, had to have an operation, which meant he wouldn't be able to work for three months. This meant he was in a situation where he probably financially wasn't going to get through. So this young woman came up to me, and she says, You know, this guy's going to have an operation. Is there any chance I could have his job? And I thought, slightly opportunistic, but somebody needs to do the job. So anyway, she worked for three months completely and um, did every single shift he was planned to do. But I didn't know this. She gave every single penny she earned back to him and his family. That's a whatever life. You know, that's somebody who looks at the circumstances of life and says, I know what everybody's expecting me to do, but I'm just going to choose to wear some different clothes. I'm going to choose to represent somebody else. I'm not choosing to represent myself. I'm choosing to represent Jesus, whatever the circumstances of life. Paul goes on. Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. I want to remind us this morning in Derby who we are representing. Yeah? We are representing the King of Kings and we get to represent Jesus when life goes really well. We get to represent Jesus in our relationships. We, we get to represent Jesus when no one's looking. We get to represent Jesus in our integrity, in our peacekeeping, in our harmony. We get to represent Jesus with our desire to forgive people. We get to represent Jesus on our good days, our bad days, our busy days, our quiet days, the sunny days, the rainy days. We get to represent Jesus by wearing tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, peace, love. How are you representing Jesus today? You know, sometimes it's easy for an hour on a Sunday morning. But then it gets hard a little bit later on in the day or Tuesday afternoon when your boss asks you to do something that you don't really want to do. How are you representing Jesus every moment of your lives? How many people have enjoyed the Commonwealth Games? It's been the other side of the world and at the wrong time, but but if you've managed to catch any of the highlights, it's been quite fun. Yeah, the last couple of weeks, the Commonwealth Games has been taking place down in, um, in Australia. But I'm going to tell you a story about a different Commonwealth Games took place in Glasgow just a few years ago. I um, had the privilege of spending some time out in um, Uganda, in Central Africa. And I was out there doing a whole host of projects. But one particular morning, I was invited to spend some time with some Ugandan boxers. And so I don't know why they picked me, but it was me. And I was kind of training with these guys and running. They were running up hills really fast. And then they walked down the hill. That's kind of the wrong way around for me. You know, you'd normally walk up and run down. But they did it. And it was really hot on a Saturday morning, about 30 degrees heat. And we were in this kind of centre of Kampala in this kind of muddy square. And, and I just thought it would be unfair for me to preach at them without actually putting some boxing gloves on first. So I put some boxing gloves in and stepped into the ring with the littlest guy there. His name was Roger. There were some really big guys and I wasn't going to pick them, but I picked Roger. He was about 17. He put his boxing gloves on. Now I've never seen anybody's hands move so fast. I mean, like I literally didn't see them. It was like bang, bang, bang. And after about thirty seconds, I just held my hands in the air and just said, "I give up." Uh, just, I think it was just an excuse for someone to hit a white guy. You know, I was just getting knocked everywhere. So, so, so I threw the gloves off the floor and just kind of held my hands in, in the air and, and, and surrendered. And uh, I sat down with him, watched, I got my breath back, and said, "Roger, you're brilliant at boxing compared to me." But how good are you really? This is the kind of the punchline, you've already guessed it. He says, I'm looking forward to representing Uganda in the Commonwealth Games in a few weeks' time. And I'm like, You're joking? Are you you're that good? No wonder you made me look a fool. So, anyway, I'm desperate to see Roger step into the ring in Glasgow. I, I want to see what he can do against the real opponent. And sure enough, Roger steps into the, the ring in the blue corner and he, he gets his gloves on and he's ready. And and eight seconds into his fight, the first fight this happens. Roger takes a blow to his face by this Cuban boxer that knocks him silly. After two minutes, Roger's Commonwealth Games is over. Let's turn the slide off because we don't want to look at that. Now, I haven't been back to that particular square in Kampala, and I haven't seen Roger since. But, but if I went back to Roger and I said, Roger, You did all of that training in the heat of Africa for two minutes in the Commonwealth Games. You you spent all of that money. You flew across the world for, for two minutes in the Commonwealth Games. I wouldn't have the confidence to say it like that. But if I did... I think Roger would be grinning from ear to ear. And he would say, I got to represent my country for two minutes in the Commonwealth Games. Guys, we don't get two minutes or two weeks or two years or 20 years. You and I get a lifetime to represent Jesus every single day of our lives. How are you representing Jesus in Derby? How are you representing Jesus in your family? How are you representing Jesus in the whatevers of life, in the difficult circumstances, in the the celebrations? How are we going to be representatives? I I hear lots of churches kind of saying, what's our evangelism strategy? How are we going to win the city for Jesus? I'm convinced that a church that says, We're going to represent Jesus by wearing humility, kindness, gentleness, love, patience and peace. We're going to take seriously what it means to be kingdom followers of Jesus every single day of our lives. That's how a city gets won. People can't help but be drawn to people who stand for something, stand for someone who represent the King of Kings, the creator of the world. So maybe by now you're kind of a bit tired and you're thinking, okay, you've given us loads of work to do. We need to represent Jesus wherever we go, whatever we do. How are we going to do this? Give me some ideas. Give me some ways to represent Jesus in the world. Well, Paul goes on and he says, always be thankful. In fact, he says it again and again and again. Six times in this particular passage of Scripture, Paul says, be thankful. It's like there's something in that phrase, there's something in that, that, that attitude of thankfulness that gives us an ability to represent Jesus, whatever the circumstances of life. Always be thankful. Paul means it when he says it. I, uh, I said to you before, I've got a son who's kind of, he's left school now. And uh, when he was in um, secondary school, he got through year seven And we got a letter home. And it was a good letter. You get some bad letters, but this is a good letter. And it says, Josh has um, been in school every single day of the year. And we would like to give him an award. And we're thinking, you get an award for going to school. But anyway, he he went to school and he got a big certificate, 100% attendance and a £5 gift voucher. Now, something changed in my son's head at that moment. Because he thought to himself, if I get £5 for going to school for one year... How much money am I going to get if I go for the whole of school? So unbeknown to his mum and dad, he just made a mental note. I'm not going to miss one day. Uh, And so he kind of got up sometimes when I had colds and flus. And we were saying, Josh, stay off. And he's like, no, I'm going to school. And every single day, year seven, year eight, year nine, year ten, he was in school every day. He got to year 11, to April in year 11, just about to do his GCSEs. And uh, Josh got glandular fever and never went to school again. This is the point of the story. I can tell you to always be thankful. You can walk out of the building saying, I'm going to always be thankful. And it'll probably be Tuesday afternoon. And it won't be always thankful. Yeah? You see, we can try to do something in our own strength, but we're never going to achieve it. I think Paul's talking about something different here. I don't think he's, he's given us another task to do. I think Paul is unlocking a resource of thankfulness in our spirits that is available from the king of kings. Maybe it's even another garment in the, the wardrobe of the kingdom of God that says, if we start to wear thankfulness in our lives, representing Jesus, whatever the circumstances, is a little bit easier. If we start to be thankful for what God is done and is doing, and, and even doing despite our understanding, then maybe representing Jesus just becomes a little bit easier. Maybe Paul is inviting you and me this morning to develop the muscle of thankfulness in our lives. Maybe there's an invitation to say, God, where my natural default position is to grumble, moan, complain. Where in the past you'll have found me in the groove of, of kind of um, complaining about everything. I'm actually going to choose to be. And I'm going to invite you, God, to help me be a person of thankfulness. A person who chooses thankfulness, whatever the situation is. Is developing a spirit of thankfulness and gratitude going to help us to navigate our way through the difficult circumstances of life? I think it is. I think Paul is telling us it is. Let me kind of sum up by telling you one more story and then kind of bringing this together. I was training for the same run I was telling you about earlier on, but it was much, much earlier. I had to do a five-mile run. I was on holiday in France, and I had to do a run because my app on my phone says do a run. So I thought that's what I'll do. I got out of the caravan and started running, and I bumped into a guy I knew. His name was Frank. And Frank turned to me and says, are you going for a run, Dave? I said, yes. He says, can I come with you? That doesn't sound unusual until you realize Frank is about 62 years old and suffers with really, really bad arthritis. I mean, Frank can't walk. Frank, if he sits down, it takes him ages to stand up. So I was shocked when Frank says, can I come for a run with you? But being the polite guy I am, says, Frank, of course you can come for a run with me. But I might need to go a little bit faster at some times. Absolutely fine. We set off on our run. We're about a mile into the run. And I'm quite surprised that Frank's keeping up pretty well. I'm even more surprised when Frank turns to me and says, I thought you wanted to go fast and sprints off into the distance. Now, I'm 40-something, chasing down 62-something, Frank, who's got arthritis. And there's no way I'm going to be eating my breakfast with my wife and my young son saying, I got beaten by this guy. So I'm chasing him down. I don't want to be beaten by him. So, So it takes me four miles. And we get back into the campsite exactly the same time. Frank hasn't even got a sweat on him. I look like I've had five rounds with Mike Tyson. And I get back into the campsite. And when I get my breath back, I say, Frank... How come you can run so well? Like, I've seen you around the site. You you can't sit and walk and, and you can just run brilliantly. He says this. I've run every single day of my life since the age of 17. My muscles just know how to run. You see, he'd chosen to train and discipline the physical muscles in his body so that it was the most natural thing in the world for him to do i want to suggest we're not into bodybuilding and muscle training and fitness and exercise this morning but we are into exercising the muscles of thankfulness in our lives I think it's too easy for us as Christians to reach for the old garments when there's new garments on offer. You know, we can reach for those comfortable bitterness clothes because it helps us feel a bit better about ourselves. We can reach for unforgiveness because we like to sit in that place for a little bit when somebody's hurt us. When actually we're being invited this morning to reach for new garments, new clothes to wear, train different muscles and allow God to transform our spirits. So thank Thankfulness and gratitude and humility and, uh, uh, and dependence on him rather than dependence on me is the natural go-to place in our lives. How are you developing the muscles of thankfulness in your lives? Hebrews puts it like this: "No discipline is pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Maybe thankfulness is the currency. We've been talking about currency with Brexit and all sorts of things that have been going on in recent years. But maybe thankfulness is the kingdom currency that enables you and me to trade our way through the whatever's life brings our way. Maybe thankfulness is what we need from God. Supernatural gratitude, thankfulness, that despite the circumstances of life, we can see, God, you are in control. You are sovereign. You're worth representing. You've shown me a different way of living, and I'm going to choose to live your way, not my way. How are you training the muscles of thankfulness in your life? So I promised you some extended play. We've got a bit of the background to the story You've had the main feature film. Here is, is the trailer for those who've managed to not miss or miss everything I've said so far. This is the kind of the 90-second headline, uh, headlines of today's message. And I've written for you in poem form, so uh, you might be able to kind of pick it up just to kind of finish off. If you want to clap at the end, feel free to do so, but you don't have to. Okay, it's just, just your, your choice. I don't mean to try and be clever, And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that I never, but if I want to represent, then we've got to endeavour to be people who are thankful, whatever. If we want to last the race, keep going forever, be a blessing to others, whoever, wherever. When our whatever leaves us face down, under pressure, needing a pick me up or a quick refresher. When our summer feels like a dark November. And we could be knocked down easier than a feather. If life feels more like cheap plastic than genuine leather, people do your head in and you can't get on together. I don't mean to try and be clever and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I never, but if we're going to represent Jesus in Derby today, this week, we've got to endeavour to be people who are thankful, whatever I'm just going to invite us to stand to our feet for a moment because a lot's been said this morning. I I realise that in some of the humour, in some of the stories, there's some very real issues that people are dealing with in the life of the church, personally, together, corporately. You know, there are some whatever circumstances that we certainly would not pick in life, But we don't get to switch off being our representative of the King of Kings when circumstances of life change. We get to represent him whatever the circumstances. And uh, maybe this morning there's someone here who's just dealing with a whatever. Maybe they're struggling with unforgiveness. Maybe there's a, a, a difficult health issue. Maybe financially, maybe there's an employment challenge that you're facing. You know who you are. You know where you are. I'm not going to ask you to identify yourself. But if if that's you this morning, I'm just going to invite you just quietly, just maybe place your hand on your, your heart just as a way of saying, God, count me into this prayer. Count me in. I I know that I'm dealing with a difficult circumstance, a, a difficult whatever in life. And I'm going to choose today to say, God, I'm going to rely on what you offer me. I'm not going to go to the old wardrobe. I'm going to rely on the clothes of gentleness and patience and peace and thankfulness and humility and forgiveness. I don't want to go back to the old ways. So God, today I'm choosing to draw on your resources. Today I'm choosing to adorn myself in the wardrobe that you offer me as a kingdom follower. So if that's you this morning, let's just... Put your hand just there and say, yeah, God, count me into this prayer as I pray for you this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you know each one of our individual stories. You know each one of our circumstances that you mourn with us in our sadness and you celebrate with us in our triumphs. God, we're not talking about thankfulness like it's a a, a glib emotion, Lord. We're talking about a a deposit from the Spirit of God into our hearts. Lord, it's a choice, it's a rich choice to say we want to be different. We want to be set-apart people. We want to be people that represent the kingdom of God in this world. We're not about representing our own ways. We're about representing you and your kingdom. So, God, in the circumstances of life, Lord, whether it be health, whether it be finance, whether it be relationships, whether it be employment, whether it be any other challenges that we're facing this morning, we just want to say, God, come and help us. Father, first and foremost, we pray, transform the circumstances. Change the circumstances. But, God, even in the midst of those circumstances, we want to draw on your resource, We want to be people who are representing you in this world, whatever the circumstances of life. We pray that in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen. Amen.